Today we celebrate the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of the universe. This feast was proclaimed or promulgated in 1925. And one way to reflect on this feast is to maybe look at the historical backdrop to the promulgation. What was going on in the world at the time that actually or you know came into Pius XI thinking about putting in place a feast like this. So maybe we'll just review the 10 years or 15 years before 1925. What was going on? Of course, the answer is obvious. The First World War. But the First World War is a symptom of a global climate. Things that had started breeding from 1800s, especially in the 1840s. There was a direction that the world was going at that time and different conditions were interplaying. In fact, historians will have the acronym MAIN to help us remember the kind of climate in the world at the time before 1925. Main militarism, alliances, imperialism, and nationalism. These were the things that were happening and percolating in the global culture at the time. Militarism. There was a kind of an excessive obsession with nations trying to demonstrate their military power. It was like uh, a tussle. Germany is developing this one now and Europe, Britain is trying to overdo Germany. So there was like an all-out competition. So Europe and the superpowers of the world saw the military power as a way of nation building. And that was the the, the global psyche at the time. Fight, fight, fight. And because it was a militaristic culture, Nations now had to start creating alliances. And that's the second one. And before you knew it, there there was a network of alliances. Russia had its own block of alliances. Italy had its own block of alliances. Europe had its own block of alliances. U.S. was like, leave us alone. We don't want to get into all this, your trouble. We just want to be on our own and have a good time. That's fine. Just deal with your problem in Europe. And that was the climate. And so there were the chains of alliances. And each country was looking for who else to hang on and basically form some kind of partnership if there was a crisis. Number three, 
imperialism. Small countries like Africa were becoming like, uh, you know, like uh, pawns in the chair, on the chessboard. And so imperialism was what was driving a lot of countries in Europe. And they want to actually take over smaller countries and poorer countries of the world, rule over them, decide how they are going to lead their lives as nations. And so there was that kind of craziness to create empire, British empire, German empire, Europe, all countries in Europe, Portugal, every, each one of them, Spain. There was this craziness to get out there, accumulate, accumulate, and create as much empire as you could. And then there was nationalism. Aggressive nationalism. The sense that I am an Italian Catholic and you are a British Catholic Christian doesn't matter. You are a German Catholic, and he is a French Catholic. It doesn't matter. What matters is my Italianness. What matters to you is your Frenchness. And what matters to him is he being Portuguese. And that was the condition. And so it, the, the, the world at the time was inflammable just waiting for something to spark. And unfortunately, it took the assassination of the Archduke of Austria for crisis to break out. Austria accuses Serbia of having a hand in the assassination. And then Austria declares war on Serbia but Serbia has an alliance with Russia, and so Russia comes behind Serbia. Austria has an alliance with Germany, and Germany comes behind Austria. And before you know it, all the network of alliances, everybody was now ready to fight, fight, fight. And by the time the crisis was over, almost two million people had lost their lives. And that was the backdrop. And it became a scandal that a Christian Europe, all these nations were Christians, Germany, Russia, France, England, all of them were Christians. So what happened to the Christian faith? Whatever happened to the Christian faith? And that was why the church was like, something has to be different. Something needs to be different. Something needs to change. And that's how we now have this feast today. And we thank the Lord for the inspiration of Pope Pius XI. That reminds all of us that we have one Christ, one Lord Regardless of our nations, regardless of our nationalities, regardless of our political affiliations, we have one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And that's what we celebrate today. So let's fast forward.
We've talked about 1925. Let's fast forward to 2022. What has this feast got to do with us today, right now? I have a couple of ideas. Number one, that Christ our Lord, as we are told in the scripture tonight, is preeminent. That to him, all things are reconciled in him. That in Christ Jesus our Lord, all things have come together. That because you believe in Christ and I believe in Christ, yes, I'm black, yes, you are white, but I can call you my sister and you can call me your brother. Because we all believe in Christ and Christ is preeminent, I can be ultra-conservative and you can be ultra-liberal, but you are my brother and you are my sister in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's the primary message of our feast tonight. That Christ is preeminent and he reconciles all our differences in him. Number two, that we are primarily citizens of the city of God. We have an obligation to participate in the affairs of the earthly city of the city of man. But we should not be carried away by the earthly affairs of the city of man. Christ is our leader, not one person. And so when we find ourselves aroused and active in politics and we sometimes dig in and dig in as a Christian, once in a while you got to remember that the city of man is temporal. But the city of God is eternal. And we are primarily citizens of the city of God. And our allegiance, our obedience, our duty flow primarily from our citizenship of the city of God. And finally, the kingdom of God is universal. That in Christ, there is no east, nor west, nor north, nor south. And that's why in our gospel tonight, and Jesus is in the middle, and two thieves, criminals, condemned to death, and one was mocking him, and said to him, if you are the king, do something. And the other one was like, why will you say this? This man is innocent. And he cries to Jesus and says, let me into paradise. 
And Jesus turns to him and says, This very day you will be with me in paradise. That's the kingdom of God. A universal kingdom that opens wide its doors to saints and sinners, to freeborn and slaves, to the billionaires and the homeless, to the young and the old. The kingdom of God is universal. And that's the heart of our feast tonight. That Christ is king and he is preeminent. And number two, that we all have been invited to be citizens primarily of the city of God. And that finally, because the kingdom of God is universal, we are truly, regardless of our differences, brothers and sisters. And may the Prince of Peace, may Christ, who is the author of true peace, Bring peace to our hearts. Bring peace to our world. And bring peace to our beloved nation, America. Amen.